Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, April 21st, 2014, and it's time for 10 Dozen Minutes of Jick and Mr. Skullhead with Mr. Skullhead and Jick, featuring the Easter Bunny on vocals and Jick on backing vocals, and Mr. Skullhead as the guitarist with Mystique. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and Jick is coming to you from an undisclosed location. I am. I am Jick. How's it going, Mr. Skullhead? I'm feeling good. We, uh, we had an Easter Sunday. That was fun. Yeah. It's uh, like a... Easter as a secular holiday is kind of weird, right? But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's no more weird than Christmas as a secular holiday. So, yeah, I mean, my experience of Easter as a secular holiday was that I would get an Easter basket that would be hidden from me in the morning and I would wake up and have to find it. But it was large and our house was small. So it was like behind a chair was the, <laughs> was the, the level of difficulty of puzzle that I encountered on those mornings. Did you start as you got older to design better puzzles? I um, I we I would occasionally get like a small gift, not not even like a low end birthday present style. Well, maybe like a low. I would I would often get a cassette tape in my Easter basket. Hmm. I received the Beastie Boys "License to Ill" in my Easter basket when I was ten or eleven years old. Oh, that's great. See, my parents knew what they were doing. Are you sure it wasn't the Bunny Boys and a, a license to lay eggs or something like that? Yeah, that that was was actually it, which is why I have weird versions of all the lyrics uh, in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about plastic grass, I'm sure will fit in there somewhere. So did you did you have a secular Easter? Yeah, I mean, we're not really doing any God stuff with Ollie as far as that goes. So <clears throat> the our tradition so far is to get. Like, make an Easter basket and just put it in his room while he sleeps. And his room is even smaller than your house was. But, uh, and, you know, so it, it's I don't go... in plain sight. Yeah, exactly. I don't go nuts with it because he's coming off of Christmas and a birthday right at the beginning of the year. So, uh, you know, you don't want to get those expectations too high. But he got uh, he got some candy. He got some mini Oreos. He got uh, some bubbles. And uh, against, like... My better judgment, I bought him a couple of those Angry Birds telepods things. I don't know what those are. They are little figurines with QR codes on the bottom of them, and you can scan them in the camera of your tablet, and it'll bring whatever figurine it is into the game huh. for you to play. So these were for Angry Birds Star Wars. So not that you think that they're a bad thing, but that you don't want him hooked on them. Yeah, I feel like... There is just an unlimited amount of money that you can spend on an Angry Birds game now. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah. And I don't... He's already like, okay, those five were awesome, and I can use them on any level I want, and I can bring them in. But, you know, there are, like, 25 other ones, and there are some for Angry Birds Go, and some for the original Angry Birds. I'm like, ugh. I mean, there were... <sighs> there was an arbitrary amount of money that you could spend on Kenner Star Wars figurines when I was a kid, but I got you know, a couple for my birthday and a couple for Christmas. And sure. over the years, I learned about scarcity and the value yeah. of money. We already did that one with the uh, the blind packs for Disney Infinity and for the Lego figurines, where, like, sometimes you'll just get one that's the same as one you already have, and that's the, the price of entry. See, that sucks. Like, yeah. I the blind pack thing seems to me to be designed for the, like, 30-year-old toy collector rather than for kids because it's like the more of these you get the more likely each one is to be a big fucking disappointment 
Yeah, I think the chasing the rare ones is definitely a grown-ups game. Because you're never going to... It's not like baseball cards or something, presumably, since I never collected those. But you're you're not going to have kids on the playground now with their, like, notebooks full of the blind-packed Lego figurines trading them. Aren't you? I mean, that's that's actually I, I a good question. So. I mean, do, like, I could imagine kids trading minifigs. But who knows, man? They're probably too busy sexting and not being allowed on a slide. Yeah, I mean, recess... I saw it uh, at Ollie's daycare, or High Five, that recess is a new, like, active recess, which means the entire recess time is taken up with organized activities. Huh. Which is like, damn, I'm glad he's not going to kindergarten there, because recess, like, recess is just supposed to be anarchy. Yeah, that's what the word means. Mm, it's, it's a Greek root, I think. Yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to hide in some sort of alcove. So that people don't throw dodgeballs at you. Exactly. Every recess should just be they turn all the kids loose and then they uh, drop like a hopper full of dodgeballs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are there are limited there are fewer spider holes than there are nerds. So you're encouraged to be quick and efficient and vicious. Yeah. And there are fewer dodgeballs than there are kids to encourage the the strong kids to beat each other up for possession of the dodgeballs. Mm hmm. And there are, plenty of, uh, there are plenty of secluded areas behind bushes to encourage the gay kids to beat each other off. Yeah, and, and to have to sext each other. Not that they need a lot of Do encouragement you, there. Well, I think as a, a gay kid in America needs as much encouragement as he can get. Sure. It gets better. I mean, we've, as in, like, we've come a long way. This guy, five years from now, will be better at giving you a hand job. Yeah, you've got to practice giving head for a long time before you get good at it. Now you so made, that, you made that's it how dirty. Easter is. So that was that was all these Easter. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so just an Easter basket, and then that was it. I mean, you said you had an Easter. Did you eat a ham feast? No, we we didn't have any ham feasted discussions. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we went up to Grandma's house after that, and uh, she has the whole family over, and it's more of a brunch thing. And then by evening, like dinner time, everyone's still stuffed from just kind of wandering around grazing on food for several hours. So we, we had some uh, some ramen with some egg in there and some uh, prosciutto. Oh, that's very Easter. Yeah, I mean, I figured it got an egg involved, and it got oh, I guess at I least a pork yeah, product, okay, you know. Right. Are there traditional uh, Easter foods that have anything to do with eggs, though? Do you have, like, an Easter quiche or a quiche? Like, they do, yeah, they do. That'll knock you right on your quiche. <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, they're a hard-boiled egg, I feel like, is the way you eat eggs Yeah, but do Easter. you eat them? I, we never... I mean, I guess... You we, never ate them? I don't think... I feel sorry for the, like, homeless people in your area who would look through your window and see you eating, like, throwing out all those eggs. Well, what... I mean, you think you'd be happy for them, like... Because when you throw something out, it's like giving it to the homeless. Oh, right, right. Also, there I weren't forgot. any homeless people to speak of where I lived because the when I was a kid because the climate was too harsh. <laughs> there are homeless people in Minneapolis. I don't know where they go in the wintertime. Perhaps into the spider holes on all of the recess fields, mm -hmm. which is another reason why they shouldn't do that, like active recess nonsense because then they get rid of the hidey holes that where the homeless can go it is weird i don't remember ever seeing a single homeless person in the towns that i grew up in i guess it's just i remember a few in prescott yeah okay i was thinking was i was a... thinking more prior prior to that but yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. There was a the weird guy who would do community theater sometimes, but was homeless. And so, like, in our production of, like, Wizard of Oz, I think he was the lion, but he was... He smelled bad and was strange. I'd be lying if and, I told you, know, you I right. had a home. Oh. Um, you know, is, I, I'm finding it weirder every year that all of the holidays that are based on Christian holidays involve eating a ham. It's kind of like we got to make sure that no Jews try to sneak in and enjoy our Christmas or Easter dinner. So, <laughs> or Muslims. So uh, pork is going to be our main course. Yeah, I don't. It's just like a, a double flip off to the like a Christmas ham seems like it's been a thing. That seems like a, like an almost a Dickensian thing, you know. You, uh, although slaughtering the fatted calf, right? That's that's been a thing for forever, right? That's a, sure. That's not a pig, though. What am I thinking of? The suckling pig. Yeah. Right. The the fatted suckling pig, pig with calf. a pig with an apple in its mouth. An apple is yeah, also, that's a suckling pig. That's a, that's because that pig ate the forbidden fruit, right? So that's a very Christian thing, right? I, I, as far as I understand it, Jews cannot eat apples. Yeah, they can't even especially see them, candy actually, apples, which is weird. That's why a really cruel prank, prank to play on a Jewish kid is to throw an apple at him. Yeah, because <clears throat> a lot of the Jewish boys grow up to be doctors. <laughs> right, so that's how you keep them away. It's <laughs> like constantly hitting them in the face with fruit that you can see, but they can't. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah, I'm gonna we're stop explaining going to the origins of this. It fucking sucks. It's like the invisible man punches me every time I get near that asshole. Oh, we were in different directions here, because I, I was thinking they weren't allowed to look upon an apple, but you were thinking they were just invisible. Yeah. So that's even better. Yeah. Do you want some applesauce? Some, that's just an empty terrain wow, with this, like some sugar and cinnamon in it. This town has a lot of really good mimes who are real pricks. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, my, uh, my time on today's show might be sort of short because, uh, this is my, this is my liquid diet and a lot of laxatives day leading up to my embarrassing medical procedure tomorrow. Okay. I got yeah. I got to go in for another uh another one of them there things where they stick a camera up your ass and I don't even get to be awake for this one, Mr. Skullhead. Because Did they finally lay that hammer down on you? No, they um they it's just it became a different thing where they're also uh they're also going to do a throat endoscopy just preventatively not because there's anything wrong. Also, you know, the whole thing is not because there's anything wrong. It's just that I'm genetically predisposed to colon cancer and it's a thing that if you just take care of it, it almost never kills anyone. Right. Um, if you're watching out for it, but they they wanted to do the throat one, and I I got to be, and I immediately immediately felt like an asshole for making the joke that that woman has undoubtedly heard from literally every person that she's talked to about this, which is that oh, I hope you're not going to use the same camera. Huh? And she said <laughs> we do use the same camera downstairs first, upstairs last, and then we just moved on. And I was like, ah oh, man. That joke was so hackneyed that she just had a rote response to it. Well, at least you could have one of those like highly codified interactions. You know, it's it's almost like the Christ be with you and also with you. Yeah. Okay. I guess it probably made things more comfortable for her. Um, So anyway, they're doing it. They're doing a throat endoscopy and they were like, yeah, we don't we don't even like to use the conscious sedation for that because that is like really, really, really uncomfortable. And I was like, uh-huh. it's hard for me to imagine something more uncomfortable than the colonoscopy was. Um, 
But, you know, my refusal to take the anesthesia last time totally accomplished what it needed to accomplish, because if I didn't remember the last one, I would be as scared of this as I was last time. But I do remember it. So you needed... You needed to, like, go through it so that you knew what it was about? Yeah, and now I do, and I'm not scared of it, you know? I I mean, I'm a little... I don't like being put under, but I'm also not scared of that because I had it done a couple years ago for the tonsillectomy. So, anyway, yeah. So, I, uh, at 4 o'clock, I I recited the the Mentat Oath. Uh, It is by will alone. I set my ass in motion, and I took the the first dose of... uh, I took four times the recommended dosage of Dulcolax, although it's the the recommended, you know, the dosage that was recommended to me is what I took. And then at four o'clock, I have to start a 14-day treatment of Miralax, which is uh, abbreviated into two hours. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like, take this, that is four, exciting. take this 14-day supply of laxative, dump it into a half a gallon of Gatorade, and then drink it over the course of two hours. So that's when it's going to get real exciting. I kind of feel like if there ever was a time for you and your girlfriend to experiment with the butt, it would be directly after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like after all of the after the storm, you know, because you're never going to be cleaner. Yeah, but I'm also never going to be more irritated. Yeah, I mean, like during that is probably the best time if you want to discourage future. Oh yeah, yeah. Inquiries in that direction. Yeah. I'm told that uh, the stuff that I'm using this time uh, is less damaging to your kidneys and everything and less likely to give me the crippling headache that was the worst part of last time's prep. Um, yeah, fuck, man. Is that like dehydration? For that, the, for they the said, headache, they said it was. I mean, because eventually you get to the point where you can't really keep even water in you. Right. Um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. There's so many. There were so many things at work that might have caused a headache. They also told me it's okay to take Advil, which it was last time too. I just thought it wasn't. So maybe this won't be as bad as it was last time. But I'm still pretty fucking hungry. Yeah. You know, on a normal day, I might not have had anything but coffee by this point anyway. But because I know I can't eat, it's just like, ah, uh, boy, what would I be eating if I could eat anything? I'll tell you that. Even an apple. Yeah. So when uh, when my wife got the endoscopy colonoscopy combo, we just referred to it as the Chinese finger cuffs, mm-hmm. which the uh, I don't think the doctor even got that joke, which is probably for the best. He just thought you were making fun of him for being Chinese. Yeah. And for having his hand caught in one of those traps, because if any race should know how to get out of those. <sighs> yeah. It's like my job is going to be significantly more difficult today. What jobs wouldn't be more difficult if you were stuck in one of those? Uh, the guy who pushes the mill around, you know, like turns the big metal beam for the, to turn the Yeah, okay, mill. okay, so like Conan the Barbarian during his yeah. period of enslavement and training. Okay. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't think of, uh, oh, the guy who uh, plunges down the plunger to uh, set off the dynamite when they're collapsing a mine shaft. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you got both hands together doing that. Although, you know, you kind of got to grip. You got to grip a thing. You know, maybe it would I be hard like... to push a mill because it'd be hard to, like, use a broom, you know? It is really sad now that I'm now sitting here with my index fingers together, the tips of them pushed together, seeing how well I can grip something with the rest of my fingers. That isn't sad. 
You're, it's all you're right. a method actor, Mr. Skullhead. I can I can pick up a pin. Man, so I'm allowed to eat jello today. Any jello that isn't red, purple, or orange. So basically no jello that they sell pre-made. I have to I am in the process. What about lime? Lime jello? Uh, they don't sell little cups of it anywhere that I went to. Uh, so I am uh. currently in the process of making my own jello like a fucking aborigine. You mean like the full on have it to boil water and stuff? <laughs> yep. It turns uh, out rough. it turns out it's real easy. Like I had no I don't know what I was expecting. I like I thought I guess maybe I thought that you had to add your own sugar, which is like a whole extra, you know, measuring cup or whatever, but I you don't. Uh, but like compared to the instant jello because there's instant jello now. Yeah. Where you just pour the water in and you stir it up until it turns into jello and you put it in the fridge. So I compared to that like involving a stove and a pan. That's a that's an order of magnitude. This one, I mean, complex. this you still had to boil. You had to like boil a cup of water, put this stuff in there, pour in a cold cup of water, and then put it in the fridge. So you know, I did it. I did it. It was it was very similar to making uh, uh, fluid for the hummingbird feeder. Only maybe you should just start giving the hummingbird hummingbirds jello shots. Yeah, that would make the thing leak a lot less. Although you know, I did get a new hummingbird feeder that doesn't leak. Adventures in adulthood. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call a guy today to see about replacing the window in my bathroom. That's replacing that's it with what? Ripping yarn. A panopticon uh, lens. Yeah, uh, no, just a, a big projection screen that the with a camera inside the shower that projects onto the side of the house what's okay. inside the shower. Oh, so, like point? you could do the opposite of a panopticon where there's just a camera there that broadcasts to everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's it's part of a, a business venture that I'm embarking on. Now, it's got a shitty old wooden window because, you know, when the house was built, it wasn't a shower. And when it became a shower, instead of fucking closing that window up, they just built around the wooden window. So, of course, for like 50 years, there's been a giant hunk of wood in the shower. And if there's a chip in the paint or anything, it starts to rot. So, going to pull that out and put glass block in. And like I could probably do it, but I get really nervous when it comes to things that like transcend the boundary of the inside of the house. Yeah, like if you have like, to if you have to perform actual sort of house surgery, you know, like if there's any yeah, to me, if there's any point in a project like that where I couldn't walk away from this for huh. eight hours, that's when I get nervous. It's more like like I'll work on the outside of the house and I'll work on the inside of the house. But, like, if I screw this up and there is just some kind of small passageway in between the inside and outside for cold or wasps or freezing cold wasps to come through. Sure, or burglars then, or wasp yeah. burglars. Or water. Or you people, know, like, people who come in, make an ice sculpture of a wasp, and then trade it for one of your more valuable objects. You asshole, that's just going to melt. I mean, it's pretty for a while, you know. Yeah. It's like that looks just like Buffy Kensington of the New Hampton Kensingtons. You know, and if they if they if they gave you that in exchange for like a sandcastle that they took, you could be like, ah, okay, that's fair, fair trade. <laughs> yeah, well, sandcastles are more permanent in my house because they're they're not really affected by the tides. Well, if it was really close to the shower, right? Like if you tended to build your sandcastles on the sill of that window, so then like I, I mean never that's probably the most sandbox. likely thing for them to steal too if they're if they're just trading it because that like then you don't even have to crawl in the hole, you can just reach in, leave the ice sculpture of the wasp, take the sandcastle. 
<laughs> be on your way. I really should have installed a regular toilet in there because it's got the old toilet from when the house was built, which is just a sandbox. Right. Yeah, I mean, you got to do something while you're, you know, you got to occupy yourself. I can't get the cats to stay out of it. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't mind accidentally encountering my own feces when I'm building a sandcastle. Oh, accidentally, huh? Yeah. Sandy. So, it's been a while. So, uh, we did we did a ZapCon since uh, the last time you and I did a show, I think. What's, uh, what's your last couple weeks been like? Hmm. Uh, well, I got... Uh, I had the guy who runs Big Fun Radio Fun Time ask me to do another sketch for him. Oh, good. Which... The way that he had responded last time, like we talked about the weird response to me volunteering a sketch was, damn, I wish you would quit coming up with such funny stuff. Uh So I had vowed to not just, you know, just kind of ignore that until somebody invited me to do one. So you're like a a comedy vampire. Yeah, Yeah, I can't come in this fight. I also suck people's blood. You suck the but. comedy out of people's veins. You just you walk in and just suck all the comedy out of the air. <laughs> yeah, just out of the room, really. <laughs> so we'll see how it turns out. It's it's weird. Whenever the opportunity to write like a ten minute sketch presents itself, it usually takes me like twenty minutes of driving in the car to come up with an idea and then maybe thirty minutes to write it. And rarely needs an edit at all it's just like oh shit well that's done seems pretty funny i'll go through it one more time and see if i can think of any ways to make it funnier and usually not and people seem to dig it so i don't know it's it's insanely easy to do i mean i think that that would that's true but would become less true the more of it you did yeah i mean if i don't have an idea for it i could sit for five hours and not come up with anything because i mean you can write a kol monster in 15 minutes but you can't write 10 kol monsters in 150 minutes you know like you just run out of juice Mm -hmm. like or you can write them in 150 minutes it just has to be 75 minutes a day for two days or for three days you can't do arithmetic all at once there's the like loading phase which is i guess an arbitrary length for any writing that i do especially for kingdom which is just like absorbing shit by reading internet stuff and you know reading books and watching tv and then once everything's loaded and settled then it's very quick to write it all out yeah it's it's frustrating you gotta, to me. i mean you gotta we've fill been, the hopper we've been lucky in that we sort of you know we can set our own hours and we don't have like a fixed schedule for releasing content and stuff which results in times like this where there's all this big shit going on that's then all going to come out all at once but it's an aggravating sort of dry spell for people now, I think. Um, yeah. But you never know when that period is going to end. You know, you never know. Like, it's only going to take a half an hour to do this, but it has to be the right half an hour, and that half an hour gets to decide when it is rather than me getting to decide when it is. Yeah. You know, I guess I guess that's the muse, right? When you, yeah, like, you can force yourself into that mindset, and I think the successful novelists just do that every day they kind of sit down and wrestle with their own i'm not ready to write anything until they just get something out yeah it just sucks i mean i do that all the time too working on this game but it's like uh god it took me all day to get a half an hour's worth of work done right and that's Mm. 
most of the work in the game has happened on days like that where I'm just like, all right, I'm, I gotta go to work because it's my job, sort of definitionally, even though I'm not really feeling it, so I'm just gonna do whatever. I mean, that's when, like, bugs get worked on and interfaces get improved and art gets done um, in a lot of ways because that's on an entirely different schedule. But, uh, yeah, you know. Is, is this a paid gig? Or are you getting paid for that sketch? Um, last time, well, let's see, they they pay a percentage of the house take oh, for the show. That's So good. last time it was $12, which, okay, so the first time it was $12, which I used to buy my wife's ticket to the next show because they give me a free ticket, but they can't give her one because, you know, the margins are pretty thin there. The second time was so poorly attended there wasn't any take. So Okay, good. I, I could get anywhere from like zero to fifteen dollars for this. Nice. You're a rising but, you know, star. I kid. get to I get to sit in a uh, one, you know, like it's fine for half hour of work and two, I get to sit in a theater and hear people read my like lines half and half an and hour people laugh air, at them, you, you know. Half an hour of air conditioning that you don't have to pay for. Yeah. Which is good because your house has a huge fucking hole in the bathroom. Yeah, it sucks in the summer. In the winter, the house is nice and cool. I got to find a way to just preserve that. Yeah. Why isn't so? Why isn't there a thing for the summer months that just takes the cool air from the basement and kind of wafts it around the house? You know, my uncle built a house um, recently that has this thing. It is like a circuit of pipes filled with methane that is connected. It goes, uh, I don't know, a hundred feet underground to a place where the temperature is always 70 degrees. Uh And it's weird that it's warmer in the winter than the, I don't really understand how that works. Like, it seems like it would just get colder as far down as you could dig, but I guess not. Anyway, so he just has this constant reservoir of 70 degree air that he cools from in the winter and in the summer and heats from in the winter. But apparently that's really it's expensive to set up if you don't do it when you're like building the house. You know, and if you're not willing to like do some weird thing that you have to learn how to do yourself. No, I've heard. So that's that's how that shit works. Okay, I've heard of that and people offer to install it here, but it's that is pretty it is pretty pricey. I, yeah, I, I can understand, so like, 70 it degrees would be so, would be so great to, in the winter. Yeah, it would be so expensive to retrofit, right? Yeah. But if you're building it, you do that instead of an air conditioner and a heater. Well, I mean, you still have an air conditioner and a heater. It's just that they don't have to work very hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's working out for them. I don't know. I haven't really talked to them about, you know, I don't sit around and talk with my relatives about their electric bills. Or at all. Right. You don't sit around with your relatives and talk at all? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, okay, I never gotcha. see them. Once a year, maybe. Um, there's a guy outside working on my air conditioner as we speak. I sent him a text message that said, I'm going to be busy for a while. Don't come in here. I'm sure anything that he's imagining is going to be more exciting than what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, well, like what we're doing is exciting, but you don't think of it as being something that you don't want anybody to see. I don't. I also don't describe it using confusing double negatives to have no idea what the hell you're talking about. It's not something that you wouldn't say that nobody needs to not see. Sure. Agreed. Nazi. (sighs) I broke my phone. 
I dropped I dropped my phone onto the tile floor of my bathroom and I had to go get the screen replaced. Which I guess uh. is the thing they can do. I was afraid I was going to have to get a new phone, but they were like, nope, we can fix that. It'll be almost exactly as much as it would cost to get a new phone. And then I said, damn it. Right. But your phone, is you got the most current gen of phone though, right? So it's not like it would be upgrading your phone no, to it would have replace been. It, it's, it's one of those middle... I have mine's like a year and a half or so old. Mm. Um, so there is a new one since then, but it's not, it's one of the, like they do like a big upgrade and then a small upgrade in alternating years typically. And the, uh-huh. the upgrade that would have been available is one of the small ones. <clears throat> I mean, getting a new one compared to one that's a year or two old is kind of always a good upgrade because the battery is just better. But, yeah. but he showed me this cool diagnostic. There, there is a thing that I don't know if this like only works when you're in an Apple store or what, but like he did something on the phone and then the thing on his like, so there's another side story about an aggravating thing at the Apple store. All of their displays are now iPads embedded in little Lucite things. So uh. if you want to know where the iPads are, fuck you because they're everywhere. <laughs> Like it's like it's like trying to figure out where to buy price tags at a garage sale, right? <laughs> um, anyway, I uh, spoiler alert: I got my mom an iPad for Chris, or for her birthday for Christmas. <laughs> spoiler alert: way too late. The statute of limitations on my mom's Christmas present is way over. Nobody tell my mom. Um, but you navigate your phone to this web page and then it just uploads all this diagnostic data to a thing that they can then look at. And there was this graph where it was sort of battery capacity and another number. And I said, what's that number? And he said, it's the number of charge cycles. So like at a certain point, like if you're within the first 500 charge cycles and the capacity gets below a certain point, that means that there's something wrong with the battery. And so they replace it while they're working on it or whatever. Um, but it was interesting. I mean, it was like got past like a thousand charges on that axis. So that's apparently what they expect the life of it to be, which is weird. I mean, that's like a charge a day for three years. And if, yeah. if you don't use your okay. phone a ton, I feel like you don't need to charge it every day until the battery starts to get kind of weak. Anyway, that was my story about the Apple store. Is it that expensive to get the glass replaced? It was, like, it was 150 the, bucks to get the glass replaced. But a new phone would be three or four hundred, right? A new phone would be two hundred with the if you were eligible for the subsidy. Oh, okay. So that was the. I thought that he said forty nine dollars and not a hundred and forty nine dollars, and I probably would have just gotten the glass anyway, just to not have to like deal with restoring the phone from a backup and all that shit. Yeah. It, because there's a lot of stuff like all of my podcasts would be gone and I would have to set them all up because that's too much data for the free version of the cloud storage to back up. And I also think it's really, I, I just think it's a bad use of resources for me to back stuff up that I could effortlessly download again from its original source. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I tend to only back up the stuff that I have created or, I mean, really, yeah, really that I only back up the stuff that I've created. So like I get photos and, you know, I like having my text message history backed up because there's a lot of Mm. a lot of history there. You could reconstruct like every fight I've ever had with a girl. And with a boy. Yeah. I don't see you getting like super physical fights, but I can see you sending some really scathing text messages. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a I'm a I'm a monster. I'm a text. Come at me, bro. Text monster. Do you even lift? 
So you're like an ASCII mod, like a like a Q with a slash beside it for the sword. Sure, yeah. I get, that's it. Monster. This is a sword that you hold with your dick. <laughs> See, I'm I'm getting used to restoring all of my shit because I got a new phone because the old phone had gone senile and downloaded everything, set everything up again, and it like the GPS slowly over several days stopped working and just doesn't work at all now. And then the the charge port started not accepting anything but it, one of the 12 cords that I have. And then the headphone port lost the left channel completely. Wow, weird. <laughs> so Was there like the, a tiny langolier inside your phone? <laughs> I think so. I think it, if I just leave it for six months and come back, it'll just be like a box full of sand. But uh, so... In order to get it replaced on the warranty, I had to do a factory reset first, which is, you know, erase everything and start over. And then it worked for a couple of days, at least the GPS did, and then stopped again. So I have now restored it twice, and I'm going to have to restore it again when the new one gets here tomorrow. And if that one's broken too, I will probably just put up with it until it's time to replace it. Mm. What are you using? Are you using a like some weird droid? It's an LG G2. Hmm. And I, I like I love the phone. It's a beautiful piece of hardware. It's like most of the phone is screen. Doesn't sound beautiful. Well, like, you know, aside from all the shit that's broken, it's great. Right. Aside from its failure to perform its only yeah. function. It's a really it, wonderful it, device. It has a like it has an amazing camera. It's got it doesn't have any buttons on the front, which I like a whole lot. So there's more screen arc, the uh, screen real estate. Okay. And to wake it up and put it to sleep, you just double tap on the front. Huh. So it's like knocking very gently to see if your phone will let you in. Does it? Yeah. It does. It's a slut. It, I mean, it's a nice phone, except for the, all the shit that's broken. So hopefully those aren't like, systemic to the model because you spend like if you're not an apple person you spend like an hour in the store looking at all the phones and then you go home and you read reviews of all the phones and then you go back to the store and spend another hour looking at all the phones and finally you settle on one and i'm going to be really sad if it's just broken enough that i have to go through that whole process again yeah I like the reason that I am still using this old, old laptop that still has Windows XP on it is because I don't want to go through that. Like, I I sort of need a new laptop at this point, but mm. I don't want to deal with buying a new laptop. Yeah, I've been looking at that, too, because it's, it's like, like you just say you have to go to a store and mess with it to make sure like the keyboard is acceptable and stuff like that. And then it's uh, yeah, it's just a wreck. You pl- plus, and you can't buy anything that doesn't have yeah. Windows fucking eight on it, which is, which is an annoyance. I guess it's an annoyance I'm going to have to deal with one of these years. But yeah, I was looking at stuff for replacing my laptop, which is not quite ready to be replaced, but it's at that stage where it has to be on top of a cooling pad all the time. Yeah. So it's you know it's going to happen soon, but it's so frustrating with the. Windows 8 bullshit that I, I actually looked at Macs for a little bit for the first time. Mm. And I was like, you know, any confusion that I'm going to have with Windows 8 is going to be 20 times as bad on a Mac. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't know that... Like, I... Switching to a Mac, for me, is 
a bigger deal than just switching to a Mac because all of the software that I use to make KOL stuff, I mean, really yeah. just the art, um, but all of that is Windows only, and I would have to, like, switching to a Mac means paying a lot more for laptops and learning Photoshop and having to learn, like, some frustrating, weird approach to Photoshop that results in art that looks the same as my paint shop stuff does or like dual booting every time I have to do the art. But like the more friction that gets put between me and doing the art for KOL, the less KOL is going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, Cause it's already pretty obnoxious. Yeah. So I don't know. Next game, next game. If I do the art myself, I'm going to do it in a different way than I'm doing it now. I'm just going to work out a way to like, a, just scan it in black and white instead of having to deal with the stupid custom grayscale curve that is required now to emulate the old grayscale document scanning capacity, the special filter that they had in, like, CanoScan 2.0 or whatever. Um, yeah. Just make it so I can scan it in black and white so that any scanner on any device results in the same thing. And then it's like, fine. I mean, I'll learn Photoshop if I'm just doing it from from the beginning. I bet I could set up a few keyboard shortcuts and using Photoshop would be very similar to using PaintShop. But, uh, yeah, can't make the... You should do everything in the GIMP. Sure, I should. I actually looked at Linux stuff, too. And, no. <laughs> for, a, for a split second, I thought Chrome OS, like just a Chromebook would be fine. But I can't do any audio on that. There's no like, there's no Chrome OS Audacity huh. or Reaper or anything. So that's really surprising, actually, because yeah. since Audacity is isn't Audacity open source? Yeah, I'm really surprised somebody hasn't ported it. Unless Chrome OS is like, if the if the Linux asshole community is like, no, screw Chrome OS, then I can see why they wouldn't do that. But I don't know anything. Yeah, who knows? I don't know anything about a Chromebook. I just kept I reading Chrome stuff like, yeah, it's a thing. But I kept reading stuff like, oh well, it's really easy. All you have to do is like crack this and jailbreak this and put this kernel on there, and then navigate to this website and download these drivers, and then you can run this program that's supposed to be a Linux program. But so no, is it current? Is or it like, Colonel Matterson that you're installing? Colonel Mustard, actually. Okay. You have to be standing in the living room holding a candlestick okay. to install it. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. But I guess that explains why it's illegal. Yeah, like, I, I would believe anything anybody told me about Linux at this point. If they said there was a, a program called Colonel Mustard that you could only install if you like are holding a candlestick. <laughs> like, US, you sure. have a USB candlestick hooked up. Because it's actually an encryption mm. dongle disguised as a candlestick. No one will ever expect the candlestick. So wait, would it have a cord sticking out of the bottom that plugs into your USB port? Or is it just going to look like you have a candle sticking sideways out of your computer? Well, if you don't have a top USB top USB port, then it is admittedly a little weird. It would be super cool, though, if the, if you could light the wick and have it have the heat from the flame be able to power your laptop for a while. Yeah, that's the future. Hmm. Okay. You just take you take one of those things that has like a little pinwheel made out of wood and you put that over it and so then the convection rising off the flame makes it spin. Right, okay. And you know, you just put a magnet in there and then yeah. 
All right, I'll be back. I now understand what I have to do to be ready for the zombie apocalypse to make sure I can still use my laptop. Hey, I'll tell you what. I need to take a quick break to uh, piss, actually. Uh, this is a side effect of the liquid diet. Um, it's not as bad as it Sounds could like be. It. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark it here, and then I will be back in like two minutes, and then we can do questions. Okay, I'll do the same. How about some uh, Kingdom of Loathing questions, Mr. Skullhead? All right. You know, we could take regular breaks in this podcast if we did bumps like we have for uh, for the other hot dog podcasts. Yeah, I, so I tend to use we could that. do like When we did the break, I used to use that uh, little guitar riff that you had recorded. Oh, all right. I just figured we would do it in the style of KOL's music, so it would just be completely yeah, silent. Yeah, just a, a bump of silence. Yeah. I did a, I did Hold a on, bump dude. Of I got to do a bump yeah, of silence. Yeah, okay. Happy Dance writes, have you guys ever pulled or not released content because of a specific player or group of players? We changed the roofie. <laughs> Are you whispering to a child? Oh, yeah, only slightly. Only a little bit. Only slightly. I mean, I think that as time has gone on and we've gotten a little better at predicting what kind of things are going to cause a stir... We tend to get a lot of, we get a lot of the 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 more potentially fraught stuff out of our system, just joking around about it internally, and don't put it in the game so much. It is weird though; you kind of can never tell what's going to upset people on the internet. Yeah, you know the like we pushed back a little bit on the roofy thing. Um. Yeah, there's another uh, there's another question later about the roofie specifically. Like, why is it what it is? It seems like you it, you missed an opportunity to have it be the thing that it actually is. And it's like, no, we didn't <laughs> miss that opportunity. We just, um, you know, that is like I don't want to go over all of the things that I think about that again. But I think. We probably should have seen it coming. We probably should have just called it a Mickey Finn, which is a thing that would have been exactly the same thing, only no one would have gotten upset about it. Yeah. Right? It would. I feel like I I didn't know about it until I saw the controversy. Oh, you didn't know about a Mickey Finn? No, I feel like I didn't know about the roofie until I got on the forums that morning and saw that it was part of the new content. Oh, was that a thing that I just added unilaterally? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, would you have said something about it? Like, do you, do you think you would have been able to anticipate that? I don't think at that point that I would have, no. I mean, you did, I guess, you of all of us kind of anticipated the orcasm stuff. Yeah. You were like, are you sure we need another sleazy zone like this? And I got mad. <laughs> um, yeah, that, well, I said, like, I don't know if this is, this may be too much, and that... I, you know, for reasons that are valid, you didn't really want to hear that at that point. I mean, I didn't like because what we what we landed on, I feel like was super, super innocuous, like objectively innocuous. You know, the last time I played through the orchasm after you get a bunch of the drops, I guess it. I understand that like 
innuendo fatigue people was feeling. Yeah. People people was feeling. And it's weird. But I mean, at this, the same time, I don't think it's tantamount to rape. It's the, the, the squeakiest wheels in that really drowned out what might have been actual well-thought-out polite objections to it by being so absurd. Hmm. Like... Just if you walk in and say, hey, thanks for adding a zone about rape. Now I can never play this game again because it's a rape trigger. Like, uh, sorry, but that is not a problem with us. That is a problem with you. If it is even real, Mm. which I don't believe. Right. This is absolutely in no way about or even near anything having anything to do with rape. And I like just looking at like. You don't get, I mean, maybe partly why you don't get that innuendo fatigue in the hole in the sky is because the drops are not also innuendo, but like they are objectively grosser. The monsters and their (laughs) attack messages are objectively more sleazy and more offensive. I know you can't objectively quantify that, but like going out of your way to not make a dick joke. I think is a different animal than making a dick joke. And, <laughs> and you know, there are people who disagree with us on that. Sure, one. There are no welcome to, I, you know, I kind of think that we have always tended to avoid, like even, even when we, without feeling like we were doing anything wrong or going to upset anybody would call each other faggot on the radio show we would not have ever written an attack where the monster calls you a faggot. Right. Yeah. And that our tone, I don't think has really changed that much. I mean, I guess it's possible now that like, I'm sure, you know, every once in a while I'll go through old stuff and I'll be like, Oh wow. Like it's interesting to see how we, even as you know, decent, fairly culturally sensitive people back then would just like, casually make a joke about a transvestite being gross or whatever Uh or like not even gross but just like an undesirable surprise or whatever and i don't it is not that i think that they're you know whatever we would be less likely to do that now like whenever we put in anything you know like there's some stuff that we're working on now that i'm like well god is it you know is this going to be problematic for somebody and i don't think so Right, like the the yacht stuff. Yeah, I've, but it's a good it's good that we are asking those questions of ourselves, but like more so than we did ten years ago. It's still, I mean, nobody wants to hear this, but you know, and this probably makes me an asshole. But my concern is less that we're going to do something that is harmful and more that we're going to get yelled at for doing things that people think are harmful. Right. Cause I don't want to upset those people. Yeah. I don't want to upset those people. Like, not because I think that they're right, because it's one of those things where I don't want anybody on either side of this argument to get their way. Yeah. And like, I don't want to be mistaken for an asshole. Yeah. That's a good I think is another one, like, even if I don't agree with you that this is something you should be offended by, I'm also not going to be that guy who says that I get to decide what offends you, so. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if there's any outrage about this new content. I don't expect it, but then I didn't expect it about the orgasm stuff, so, uh, like, 
it's just it's weird ground to tread when you do anything having to do with sex at this point yeah and and i don't know well i think though i think that people have seen that like with the that one effect in the orgasm that people were like genuinely upset about if you can put your complaint across in a respectful way then we can say oh no that wasn't how that was supposed to come across i'll get rid of it you know like me having using pat as the gender neutral name in the some of the sneaky pete stuff or some of the KOL high school stuff and that made people kind of flash back to it's pat and you know transgender people don't really like that a lot yeah so you know if you call us out on something and it's something that was absolutely unintended, we're like, okay. If you say there are too many sex jokes in the orgasm, we're like, there, there's too much water in this ocean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't. I still tell people about the Hank's fatty thing <laughs> as, as a misstep. But not like I don't think that that went too far. I think a lot more people. I mean, and this is not. A, I guess this is not a good barometer. But I think that the number of people who thought that was funny, even in the larger context of everything, d- just dwarfed the number of people who were gonna gonna be uh, upset about it. And I really, there was only yeah. like one voice complaining about that. But it was like, it was a thing where it's like, all right, this is this is potentially skirting a dangerous, this is skirting dangerous territory. This skirt is stretched to bursting. Um, <laughs> because of the the fat, I wouldn't say it. I don't, you know, I don't know. Like I don't look at that and think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. The way that I look at the Black Knight and I think, you know. Let's just re let's just redo Whitey's Grove and the Black Forest and like just let's pretend we're doing it now. And you know, don't when nobody gives a shit about Martin Lawrence. Yeah, and just don't get rid of anything, but it's like I well, I'm not not don't get rid of it. it. It is not like being expunged, like all of the important items will still be there or whatever, but like yeah, let's not let's not have a black knight in there. Let's just do something else. Right? Like a black panther? Like fucking whatever right yeah. like that that is not oh, like a like a black thief <laughs> okay. you know like in settlers of Catan. uh-huh he's the the black guy who steals your stuff like that's not racist sure it's a Catan reference yeah yeah the bl- the black the black criminal uh like mm-hmm. like from the world <laughs> <laughs> i but Right, not like because that, like the context of all of this stuff changes over time, and it is and it is weird. You know, like we watched Dude, Where's My Car the other day, and I was like, "Huh, the, like that was." There were parts of that movie that were transphobic in a way that I was grossed out by, and then I thought, "What the fuck happened to me?" Like. How am I being grossed out by this? And it's like, oh, I know what happened to me. I was paying attention while society changed, right? And yeah, I mean, like, it's weird to think of in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they find out that they're both still alive and they hug each other and then yell fag like that. I don't remember pausing at all when I watched that 20 years ago, but 
I can understand how somebody who was gay who was watching that was not super thrilled by it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jolly Red Giant says, Will anyone from Asymmetric be attending Phoenix Comic Con this year? Not necessarily a booth, but even just attending. The board gaming is picking up every year, so I could see you guys having a good time. No, I don't think so. Um, Fuzzy Balls isn't doing a booth this year, and um, I don't... I mean, I guess Troubleface is attending Phoenix Comic Con, mm. I suspect. Um and Pez Boy, but I'm not going to be in town for it. I will be attending the Minneapolis Comic Con because this is the first year there is one. Oh. I mean, they have a... So they have OmegaCon, which is a kind of a small one. There's Convergence, which is more like a podcasting and comedy kind of con. But there's a lot of cosplay and there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And there's Spring Con, which is a smaller Comic Con without panels. It's mostly just like the convention floor. But this is actually like Wizard World coming and doing their Comic Con experience. Huh. What's, so, what's, I'll be going to that Wizard, at least for a day. Wizard World? Ah, they're the guys who do some other cons. Oh, okay. They don't do. They don't do the big one in San Diego, but... I was talking to a cosplayer the other day, um, and she kept describing both the act and the outfit as cosplay. Like, I'm cosplaying, and what that means is that I'm wearing a cosplay. And Ooh, I said, what does yeah, no. the cos stand for when you're using cosplay as a, as a noun, noun that means the thing? And she said costume, and I said, well, so isn't isn't cosplaying the act of wearing a costume? And she said, no, if you call it a costume, that has like a real negative connotation. Like, yeah. I mean, I like, guess I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy. costume is a guy. thing you wear for Halloween. And sure. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. She was nice. And I felt bad about prying into it because she was nice. But like, that's, that seems weird to me. Language, man. What the yeah, fuck dude. are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna get the internet and let everybody talk to everybody all the time, and then it's gonna get real weird. <laughs> I mean, it probably it's going to it's gonna evolve at a rate that we're uncomfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Hexatomb says a quest line where you have to run across a plane with Langoliers or some kind of monster chasing you. Each adventure you do advances your character across the plane a little bit more. If you lose the battle uh, or non combat challenge, the monster gets closer. And then he yeah, links to some weird football game thing. But that's that's a neat idea for a thing like I like in sort of FTL how there is that kind of encroaching thing that makes the game move along like that mm -hmm. a Cavsy says like running out of running out of a castle that's crumbling behind you that yeah kind. you know it's just like a zone a zone with a little timer element in it you can outrun that's kind of cool a uh, Cavsy says sure. why does the seal clubber avatar look so sad I mean the old one does because he's he he doesn't enjoy clubbing seals. He just has to. It's his responsibility to keep the infernal seals from overrunning the, the mortal plane. Um, also, the new seal clubber, the new, the, the new seal clubber, the new seal clubber avatars aren't as frowny. I mean, they're still, they're, they're stern, I would say. Like, yeah, you want that like stoic, stern kind of guy. Yeah, I would say that he seal clubbers are stern and turtle tamers are stoic. Okay. But turtle tamers are also kind of, you know, they've got a, they've got a sort of enlightened grin, maybe, you know? 
Like they're sure. stoic like the Dalai Lama. They're stoic, but with a twinkle in their eye. Schlurp says, is the Daily Dungeon too punitive for newbies? There are five elemental tests that hit for more than half your HP, and healing for newbies is difficult and or expensive. The, ter- the risk of lost turns slash more HP loss from door traps only adds to the problem if the player hasn't yet figured out or can't make enough skeleton keys. Worst of all, a newbie may have to do the Daily Dungeon several times in a run to get the necessary legend keys and potato sprout, plus a sewing kit if they're doing the easy version of the Temple Unlock. Taken together, it all seems like the Daily Dungeon is an exercise in frustration for low-skill or low-equipped players. Would you consider fixing it to make it a bit more friendly? Maybe just give new players an easy path to a cubling so they can learn about familiar drops. The cubling is absolutely not a new player thing. The cubling is a an obscure trick for experienced players. Also, healing is not difficult or expensive for newbies because they get an arbitrary amount of it by resting in their campsite. Like, it is a thing that you think of as expensive, but a new player does not because a new player doesn't understand how much more efficiently they could be doing it because discovering those efficiency tricks are part of learning to not be a new player anymore like the the drops from the monsters in the daily dungeon are so much better than anything else that those people are likely to have drop in their day-to-day stuff that i would argue that the daily dungeon is an extremely friendly thing for new players at this point um this is just that classic problem of like an experienced player being unable to imagine what it is actually like for a new player You know, and I'm not going to say that like, well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm going to say it is actually a little bit easier for me as someone who is not a very good KOL player in spite of everything that I know about how KOL works to imagine that new player experience because I have spent the last 10 or 11 years working on imagining that new player experience as I make stuff for new players. Um so in a lot of ways that a, a real serious experienced KOL player is even closer to the material than I am. No. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I like, I disagree. I disagree. I also think that a new player's first run, it doesn't matter if they have to do the daily dungeon 20 times because their run is not going to be over in less than 20 days anyway. Uh, no eat, no sleep says a lot of us want an avatar run featuring Jick. Would you consider this? Theoretically, how would this avatar play, even if you don't plan on actually doing it? I don't know that I would be comfortable writing myself in to a greater extent than I already have with, like, the skeleton tower and the the brownie mix. We're not gonna... We're not gonna go full Stephen King Dark Tower for this game. What would it be? Mr. Skullhead, if you were to imagine an avatar of Jick, and then I'll, I'll imagine an avatar of Mr. Skullhead after you're done, because I want to see how mean... <laughs> okay. I want to see how mean you are before I do mine. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, see I was just going to pass on that completely mm-hmm. um, I think you can cast a song buff but you can only cast the same one over and over and over I think that would definitely be part of it um, you can't eat any candy unless it's a holiday Okay. and uh, you have to spend half of your time adventuring in distant lands okay um, let's see. So yours. Oh, and your familiar is a girlfriend, but you only get her like two out of 10 months of the year. Okay. <laughs> let's see. What would yours be? You, you'd have two familiars because you're a family man. Mm-hmm. Um, all of your attacks would do sleaze damage. All, all of your mm-hmm. attacks wouldn't do sleaze damage. 
It would be a very the avatar of the avatar of Jick would probably be pretty similar to if we made the avatar of Jick ten years ago. The avatar of Mister Skullhead would have calmed down a lot, I think, in those <laughs> yeah. intervening ten years. Yeah, a little less. The expletive filled rant would not be an attack like it would have been ten years ago. A little less ago. drinking. You know, mm. you wouldn't get you'd only you'd only get to drink one out of every thirty days, but when you did, it would be an entire bottle of tequila. It was like forty drunkenness. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Smell virus says, Ahoy, fellows. Mobile devices are the... <laughs> Just kidding. <clears throat> really, though. Skate gnome, tater tots, potion of temporary greatness. What is with the T in greatness? Is that some secret joke, or am I just picking nits here? Smell vira. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Because, because it, it, since it comes from grapes... Which are right. I mean that that is the joke. Is that if the if that eight only represents an a sound, then it needs the t. No, because the great great yeah, because it's not grapes, right? So it's a different usage of it that just happens to be right near other ones. See, the solution to that problem is just to move that to an out of the way corner that's still there if you want it, but you're never really directed to it. Sure. Jamelli says, Jick, what is your favorite musical of all time? And Scully, what is your favorite Chris Farley movie? I would say my favorite musical of all time. I can answer that question unironically and say the South Park Park movie. And that is a fantastic musical. My favorite Chris Farley movie is Wayne's World. All right. Okay, good. See, Jamelli, Jamelli, you thought you were going to get us to talk uh, to get into an argument about what kinds of things are good and what kinds of things aren't. But again, different than it would have been 10, 11 years ago. We found a middle ground. And we're both completely comfortable occupying that middle ground. I do kind of wonder, like, apparently Chris Farley had finished 80% of the voice work for Shrek before he died. And I wonder how how a Chris Farley Shrek would have been. I think it probably would have been good. Yeah. Who? Oh, because it's Mike Myers. Yeah. Okay. Ah. <sighs> General Winter says we need some new special events to happen. Uh, do you think that uh, Gen- General Winter often announces to his girlfriend to brace brace herself? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, Static Man says, "Why aren't the elemental clusters edible like the wads? Flavor-wise, uh, <laughs> aren't they supposed to be a step up from wads? Sort of like a bigger wad made of smaller wads, same as how a wad is made from nuggets smashed together. I think it'd be nice if we could consume them for some adventures and spleen damage. And while on the topic, it would also make sense flavor-wise if you could make the elemental wads malleable into, or yeah, malleable into clusters as well. Well, I want the clusters to be as precious as they are, as precious by only coming from inside Dreadsylvania. And also, there's not a ton of." places to go with turns for spleen without getting into item of the month or, or Mr. Store item territory. That might not be entirely true, but um, also, I mean, wads are the only ones that are consumable as spleen items, right? So it kind of makes it would it, it is more consistent for clusters not to be edible. That's what I'm saying. Hexadoom says, no. wild mage, in quotes, challenge path. Only one skill or attack, and it's random from a huge list of things that could happen. One to 100. That's a funny idea, actually. The leaderboard for it would be super weird. And a lot of the random mm. things, they couldn't be super interesting because, like, a banish might screw you. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a that's a cool idea. Mrs. Trout says, "Hey guys, I love the new question submission box. Awesome! Thanks for that comment. It's like a meta comment because you use the you use the comment, the thing that you're commenting about to use the to make the comment to leave the comment." <laughs> Aksaka. I heard you like Aksaka says, Hi, Jake and Mr. Skullhead. First, I want to thank Mr. Skullhead for the hot chocolate he created and sent out. It was really fun to get that item straight from an internet famous person. Was your experience with that good enough that you would do it again? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I think, like, Jake and I were talking about that I would probably give Jake a little more lead time and get set up to be able to do it a little more efficiently, but I had a super huge amount of fun yep. with that. That was cool. People were talking about that recently. It's a thing, you know, yeah. builds our brand awareness, buddy. And also it's just, you know, it's, I think like we got, I mean, it was really just me. Like it, the, as this turned into a job, we maybe eased off a little bit on the kind of spontaneous stuff, you know, because yeah. it's like a lot of the time that spontaneous stuff would like, yeah, it create some problems potentially that we have to yeah. deal with later. And so we got a little gun shy about just kind of like, oh, I'm drunk. I'm going to put this thing in. <laughs> Take off your pants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that we've got plenty of contexts in which we can do stuff like that and not have it be like dangerous or considered harmful. So, yeah. Also, Jake, are there any plans to add things to the little geneticist lab or have players found it to be sufficient as is? I don't actually know. I don't have any sense of how well it's selling because I just haven't looked. And it's also going to be it's it's going to be difficult to tell, I think, because of the I think a lot of people sent money last month that just aren't that would have otherwise spread it out because of the special thing. So there's no telling how the next few months are going to look in terms of Mr. Store sales. Like, there's a part of me that thinks, like, well, people who have a bunch of Mr. A's sitting around as a result of donating during the anniversary month will be more likely to buy something even if they're not super excited about it in Mr. Store because they have a lot of the currency. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's really true. I've always found it very difficult to predict the responses to Mr. Store things. Uh, Hector21321 says, how do meat drops work in the nightmare meat realm? I don't remember, and I forgot to look into it. So you know what I'm going to do? Very well, gonna, thank you. I'm going to switch that over to the Thursday questions queue, and uh, I'll look it up before I answer it. Obzif says, may I please own KOL for a few minutes? Sure, a few minutes starting now, which will unfortunately be over by the time you hear this. So you won't even know that you own it. <laughs> That is, that is exactly the response that I formulated to that, but I figured you would say it. Hexatomb says, bug slash intended anarchy. If you start the Copperhead quest, receive ancient annoying serpent poison, and then decide to do the pirates instead, there's no way to get rid of the poison without finishing Shen's quest line. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't... He says, could the talisman of Nam cure the intrinsic debuff of jerkiness? I mean... Like, don't do that. Right? Like, that. It, it's... I get that it's... I don't get it. I don't get why people would think it would work any other way than this. Like, I took it out of the teleportitis, like, pool because I didn't want it to happen to people by accident, but you can 100% avoid this situation. And you should. Or do the quest, because the quest is cool. 
Samishdu says, Hey guys, I just saw that the Magic 2015 set is going to include cards designed by various video game developers such as Richard Garriott and Edmund McMillan. It's a shame that Zap Jackson isn't on that list. What kind of card would you create for Mark Rosewater to put into Magic? I don't... I don't know, man. The only one that I've seen is... Uh, shit, whose card was that? Uh, George Fan, And it was... I kind of get what the card does, but Jesus Christ, it was complicated. Hmm. It was like this monster that costs two green plus X mana, and you draw a number of cards equal to the X, and then one of them you can cast, and the monster gets stats equal to the casting cost of the thing that you cast. Right? So it's like a it's a kind of a way of like spending resources to gamble that you're going to get something out that will result in this thing being really powerful and the more you risk the more powerful it might end up being. But like the the rule <laughs> it's so convoluted. Like it's kind of fun, but like the rules text is like ah. Like uh, you know, you know what card I would make is like lightning bolt. You spend one mana and it does three damage to something. That's the that's the kind of magic <laughs> card I like. And then they would just think that that was a joke. And Mark Rosewater would say, "Zach, I'm very disappointed in you." And I would say, "Oh no, I don't want to disappoint my, disappoint Mark Rosewater. I also don't want to disappoint Mike Rosewater. Like I just diss him until he <laughs> unassembles." <laughs> I was gonna say I don't want to disappoint anyone. That sounds painful. And I'm not a mean person. Uh, JG LaForge says, Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you for providing so much entertainment to all the boys and girls. I've been listening to Hot Dog Network shows for a while now and only just completed my first ascension. So thanks again for the great game and being funny people that make mouth noises for my ear holes. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Do you suppose his name is Junior Jordy LaForge? Oh, it could be, yeah. Or just J. Jordy LaForge or Jump Rope Jordy LaForge. Jumpin' Jordy LaForge is a gorge, gorge, gorge. Um, Hexatomb says Dear Mr. Skullhead, why is Jick so anti-mobile? Does he still have a flip phone? Do you see him nervously shy away from anything electronic that isn't a solar-powered calculator from the 1980s? Does he say newfangled and whippersnapper fairly often? You're really you're really missing missing the point of my reservations about this stuff, Hexatomb. Seriously, though, mobile is a big deal. Think of all the tablets, notebooks, and phones people have access to now. Have you ever seen a teen without a smartphone these days? I haven't, but... What that doesn't mean is that everyone who has anything to do with technology or video games has an obligation to shift focus and become a mobile game developer. Like, I get that mobile games are an important space, but so are console games, and there's no fucking way we're going to start making console games. Right? Well, I think, let me put it from my perspective, is I would and sometimes like very vociferously talk to you about making KOL a mobile game or making analysis army app. And I think my argument always boiled down to this would be really popular and people would like it. And it's not that hard. Just take what we have and do it. And I've realized after, you know, a couple of years of thinking about it, that take what we have and just do it is not a design document. And it's actually a whole lot more complicated than that. And there are things to consider that people who are going to say, just 
put it on the and put it on my cell phone aren't considering. Sure. I mean, it's like you can rest assured, Hexatomb. Like if it was easy, it would be already done. Right. I mean, that's no that's no real excuse, right? Like I I think the the. There is a particular kind of thing that really, really irritates me, and it's not fair that it does this, but the, a lot of times somebody will say something, and what they are saying is, hey, I have a great idea. You should have an idea for a thing and then make it. Right? And they don't realize <laughs> that's what they're saying, and so they don't realize how aggravating it is. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot in the last couple weeks because it is obviously a thing that people care about and I'm not, you know, rehashing these arguments. Like, I'm not so, so dumb that I don't understand that. Like, the fact that people ask for this, the fact that people talk about this indicates a need for something. I don't think that any of them can actually articulate what it is that they need that's causing them to say this. But, like, I did imagine something the other day where if there was just an interface where you could log into your KOL account and then you had a few buttons, one of which just you could click it and it would spend some turns and give you some muscle, and another one where you could click it and it would spend some turns and give you some meat at a low rate, but one that you could do on the toilet, even if you didn't have time to really play your turns that day, that's probably a thing that a certain person would find satisfying. And if if something like that existed and then they asked for a different feature, then we could add a different feature and it would suddenly be like a thing that evolved in response to users' needs, whereas adapt KOL to mobile is a hugely complicated problem, way more complicated than anybody who says you should adapt KOL to mobile is really thinking about. You know, it's not that they're it's mm. not that they're dumb, it's just that they they're not the one that actually has to sit down and roll up their sleeves and make it happen. And so there's there's different kinds of hard, right? Hard that is just work on this until it's done. That's fine. I don't mind that. But hard as in like make this restaurant popular where you don't know what to do is like that's the kind that causes everything else that you're trying to do to suffer because you're spending all of this time on something that you don't know how to do it and you don't even know if it's going to work. Um, he get, so Hexadoom continues Jick, what's the issue with converting frames to iframes at least sure they're less functional but they're HTML5 compliant see this is I do not give 1% of a fuck whether anything is HTML5 compliant if it doesn't work like the only reason that standards exist is to make things functional and to say this would be less functional but would be standards compliant is fucking ridiculous it is an absurd goal like you yes you could make a thing that you could just make a page that put all of the existing frames into iframes and everyone who actually plays kol would fucking hate it it might look nicer to to new people and you know maybe we do an experiment where we do something like we put a fancier interface on this and any account that signs up after this gets that turned on by default and it's like oh remember back in the day when you could make the chat pane wider if you wanted to well progress you can't do that anymore like hmm. anyway and he says or PHP includes into divs would allow a UI guy to mobilize the site I understand there's a lot of content but a really good UI guy could handle it a really good UI guy could handle it if we paid him three months worth of asymmetrics profit to do so also php includes are a thing that we moved away from because they resulted in getting rid of php includes resulted in not exaggerating like a 20-fold performance increase on the site so 
putting an include, putting a single PHP include into every page load, maybe it wouldn't be so bad anymore now that we have the precompiler or whatever, but that is also not a simple thing. Like that is a thing that might involve like buying a bunch of extra hardware. I don't know because it's been years since we did that because of the performance issues on it. Anyway, it says, mobile always has a small functionality loss, but would still be playable. No reason to fear the rent payers when you can keep the site looking exactly the same. Adapt, improve. The problem is all of the things that you're suggesting are not keeping the site looking exactly the same. Like, it's a question of whether we could get a significant number of new people if we made dramatic changes to the way that the site functioned. And I think that a game at this point in its life cycle is way more likely to kill itself by fucking things up for the existing user base that's, that's already accustomed to things. Like... Uh, maybe you just haven't been here long enough to see the outcry every time anything changes in the interface, Exitum, but it's a serious concern. You know? And he says, Google Analytics would show you how many mobile devices access the site and is super easy to implement. Yeah, we have implemented it, and it is around 10%, um, which is, you know, it is low but not insignificant. But I don't know. I mean, I, how much content do we not develop to better support 10% of users. And it's like that percentage would probably be higher if the mobile experience was better. I probably, I don't know. There's no way of knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I find it really appealing because, because I am a human and this is a distinctly human foible. I find the idea of starting from scratch with a new thing that is a little low lightweight low fidelity mmo that's designed to be playable on a phone i think that's real fucking exciting you know and i think that and oh, yeah. i think that that's a thing that we could adapt a lot of existing kol content to and make it so there's a shitload of stuff there in a fairly small amount of time and if it was a thing that made any money at all it would just be another project that we had another way that we could develop our sort of copious content creation resources without having to strain our already strained development resources you know and it's also the kind of thing that like this is an idea that is very exciting but probably just won't happen you know that's that might not be true i don't know i think we could do something fairly quickly and then we could see if anybody gave a shit you know mm -hmm. I don't know that appealing to the existing player base of KOL by saying hey we made this new thing that's like KOL but you know your character is not the same and nothing nothing transfers across between them it's just a KOL that is designed from the outset to be more the coffee break game that KOL was designed to be at the outset but gradually evolved away from you know yeah. And I think that that would be a thing that would be fun to do and fun to play. And it would be like, we do have a phone game. It's this. And so, you know, now this is a thing that you have to do in addition to playing your KOL turns, which is a huge pain in the ass on your phone. Good idea. Captain Spam says, in regards to the April 18th podcast and the discussion about the fishing mechanic, wouldn't that be effectively the same as the turtles tamers, uh, the turtle tamers turtle taming thing? Maybe you could just expand on that and make a more advanced taming system that still won't be used anyway. Yeah, I figured out a way to make it so the turtle taming stuff would actually get used. Um, uh, and, I'm, you know, I'll do it eventually. Seal clubbing and turtle taming are both things that I have ideas for that will 
make them just these bonus things that are hopefully not super fiddly and that are like the idea that you would go out of your way to make that Skeletor cod piece as a serious player <laughs> is is silly, you know? It just maybe there was a place for some of those things at some point in the game's history, but like imagining turtle taming as like Eh, this is a thing that's kind of like an extra sort of semi-rare that only turtle tamers get. And, you know, pheromones make it more likely to happen but aren't required and you don't have to count turns and shit. Trying to figure out a way to do that that's not gonna be fiddly is is tricky, but, like, there is there is a road that gets there. So, yeah. That's a, that was a, that was a good insight. Uh, you know, you're you're right that that is like fishing. Wax says, "Hey man, why can't I play as a skeleton? You're always playing as a skeleton. Everything you do, the skeleton inside you is doing a skeleton version of the same thing." Yeah. Viral effigy says, "Theoretically, would a nipple hair combat item deal sleaze damage?" Is it a male nipple or a female nipple? Females don't have nipple hair. Females don't have hair. <laughs> Females don't have nipples. They're evolutionarily useless. Nope. Uh, Chamus. I went to a Christian Chamus school. says, what is the special red fox glove that the red fox drop supposed to be a reference to? I mean, I think it's just funny that she drops red fox glove and a red fox glove. I mean, it might also... I yeah. don't think it actually has any jokes about red fox in it. Um, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, I mean, like, there's one joke that you make about red fox and it's made in the the monster fight. Yeah. Where she yells, I'm coming, Elizabeth. Yeah. Brace yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it's that's a, you know, I like it when you can move a space and make a thing into a new thing. Yeah. That's like the Highland Lord and the Highland yeah. Lord. Baron Ultima says, Everyone loves Love that the game. Joke. I try to play while drunk, but I want to see real world action figs like G.I. Joe or Star Wars if some of your in game content. The game board is nice, but I want figures like the tiny plastic lines. Well, you're in luck because that is a real thing that exists and can be purchased now at store.asymmetric.net. See, if we just finished our mobile game, then we could do some telepods of some of the figures, and that wouldn't be hard. We should just yeah. do it. Except they'd be smellopods instead of a QR code that have a scratch and sniff, and then you would just describe the <laughs> smell into a text field, and if you described it accurately, you would get the thing. Perfect. Man. Too bad you didn't identify the hints of chestnut and old leather. This sword would have had plus four. This leather chestnut sword. <laughs> sli slice your opponents from chest to nut. Hmm. Gnur says, thanks for mentioning Candybox in your last podcast. Now I have two browser games that are low on graphics that I can safely play at work, so I have something meaningful to do instead of wasting time helping my corporate overlords make more money. Yes, something meaningful to do, like playing Candybox. <laughs> oh, boy. Cronex says, how do you feel about Heartbleed? I don't care. Like, if your heart bleeds for more than four hours, please yeah. see a doctor. We weren't, we were not vulnerable to it explicitly because our shit was out of date. Um, I changed a few passwords. Did you? Yeah. There was a, some list popping up on Gizmodo, I think, that said, here is a list of sites that were affected and how bad and whether you should change your password. So I just followed their mm -hmm. recommendations. You know, not having any sense of what period of time... 
Like, I couldn't even make a list of all of the places where I have fucking passworded accounts on the web. It's mm. such a... Like... The time when there is a government-regulated single identity on the internet cannot show up too soon for me. I know, I know, it's fraught with privacy issues and whatever, but like, Jesus fucking Christ is the situation that we have now complete bullshit. Like, if there if there was any uniformity of password rules, that would be one thing, but it's like, hey, here's a weird restriction, so you're not going to be able to use a password that you will remember, so essentially logging into any site that I don't log into every day is a process of going through their password reset system, you know, which is then only as secure as your email, which is to say probably yeah. not secure at all. Not that it makes any difference. I mean, I, I tend to just email myself every new password I get. That's not an obvious one. So my, all of my passwords are stored in my email. So that's oh, good. great. So all somebody has to do is get into your email and then they know all of your passwords and have access to all of your porn. Yep. I just, the way that I consume porn is I take photographs with my cell phone of pictures from magazines in stores and then I email it to myself, (laughs) you know, so that I can, so that I can read it on non-mobile devices, read it. Um, boy, I'll tell you what I need to do. Mr. Skullet is I need to go so that I can have some more delicious fucking broth. All right. Well, enjoy your liquids. And I, I hope that someday you will eat solid foods again. I think tomorrow. And enjoy your, your finger tomorrow cuffing. Tomorrow I will eat another solid food and then, yeah, get finger cuffed. And also ear candled. They're also checking <laughs> out my ears with two smaller cameras. Uh, any, uh, are your nostrils going to be free or are they getting poked mm, to? I don't know. It's like, while you're at it, could you just do uh, like a nostril cam? Yeah, and could a- you stick a camera in each of my nose pores also? And could you broadcast it all to Twitch TV because I, I am a gaming celebrity? Yeah. All right, man. Uh, this is this has been fun, Mr. Skullhead. And I think that uh, by the next time uh, we by the next time a show is supposed to happen, I will be back where we can actually set up a regular recording schedule. That sounds awesome. The that doesn't mean anything for the rest of you, but for us, it means everything. Well, you know what else means, means uh, more regular shows. Yeah. You know what else means everything to us? What? You, you, the listeners. Oh. So, thanks for listening, you guys, and I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm leaving. I'm Jack, and I'm already gone.